Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 5. South Dakota seemed like the perfect place to unplug. But I ended up connecting to the world around me. A world where each sunset was painted. Where I felt adventures pulse with every step. And where cold water trickling, pine swaying, and grunting bison became my favorite soundtracks. I just wish I didn't have to leave. There's so much South Dakota, so little time. How you doing, everyone? I'm Russ Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up and get a load of this. We've got not one, but two big stories to talk about here. One is the remarkable performance of Tiger Woods winning his fifth Masters Green Jacket. One of the greatest sporting events, folks, I have ever, ever seen. The other story is the remarkably racist, that's right, racist, New York City Schools Chancellor Richard Carranza. This guy is simply unfit for his job. If you ask me, he's a bum. Plus, we'll go over a few odds and ends, so like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. All right, first up, Tiger Woods. Folks, you don't have to be a golf fan because yesterday was an example. I mean, I couldn't go anyplace from the moment I got up in the morning to go pick up my Sunday newspapers and do a little odds and ends. And I did it early because I wanted to be back for Tiger's tee off. Let me tell you something. Tiger got a hold of everybody's attention yesterday. Quite frankly, he got a hold of everybody's attention, uh, you know, for the past four days. But really, the weekend was spectacular. And look, I don't know about his past. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. I know about his past. I'm hearing all kinds of stories today about redemption. You know, oh, what a great redemption story. Redemption, my ass. It's one of the great, if not greatest, comeback stories ever. That's what it is. It's a comeback story. I, for one, couldn't be happier. I judge Tiger Woods for one reason and one reason alone. His ability to play the game of golf. That's that's how, you know, if I'm going to judge Tiger Woods... That's what I'm judging him by, his ability to play the game of golf. And, you know, I'm hearing these stories, you know, it's a great redemption story. He's come back, you know, they show you the great stuff with his kids afterwards. Listen to me. He is a golfer. If you don't think he's the greatest ever, 
he's certainly he's certainly in the argument. You know, the top one, two, or three, he's right there. But when they say one redeems oneself, it's like one atones. By winning the Masters Championship and coming back after not winning a major for 11 years, he doesn't redeem anything. He doesn't atone for anything. He came back from from devastating injuries. The guy's had knee surgeries. He's had four back operations. He's had what's a back spinal fusion, whatever the hell it was. It's a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous story. Now, for people who said you couldn't come back, he's never going to be the same old Tiger. I don't even know that he is the same old Tiger. He's not. First of all, he's 43 years old. And he's got a lot more work to do to get in shape to play a round of golf with all his injuries. But the comeback story is just remarkable. It's a great, great story. Watching him and watching the crowd be into it. And I'll tell you what, you know, everybody was making a big deal, and and I get it. But they don't just do it because it's Tiger and his, his son and daughter and his mom. Of course, we've grown, you know, we remember Tiger's dad and his mom at the, you know, all the tournaments. But they show the the wife and the kids of all the potential winners when they're coming down on the 18th green and they're ready to win the championship. They're all there. It it makes for, for wonderful, wonderful visuals. You know what the best visual to me was? Even better. And I'm I'm the proud dad of two daughters and three wonderful little grandsons. You know what was even better, though, for me to watch? Even better than that, that Tiger with his family was watching his fellow golfers. Watching them stand kind of lined up outside the clubhouse as Tiger was walking up. That tells you everything you needed to know about the respect that they have for what Tiger Woods accomplished yesterday. I mean, it was Ricky Fowler there, or the hell, uh, Zach Johnson was there, uh, Justin Thomas, see Bubba Watson give him a big hug, Brooks Kepka, who some might think arguably is the best player today. He had won three of the previous six majors. Xander Shoffley, who was terrific. Bernard Langer was there. They were all waiting to hug Tiger and shake his hands and and give him their congratulatory remarks. I thought that was tremendous. I thought that was outstanding. You know, believe me, I don't want to poo-poo his accomplishment. There's nothing to poo-poo about it. I'm telling you, it's. I don't know of a better comeback. I've been covering sports for a long time. I've been to seventh games of World Series and seventh games of NBA Finals and 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 Stanley Cup Finals, Super Bowls. Seen a lot of big games, but for a tremendous event 
yesterday, the Tiger Woods when Tiger Woods winning his fifth Masters Championship was just riveting. Absolutely riveting. Because really, you know, when you get into it, it's it's mano a mano. I mean, you're out there. And, and, you know, for all the people who say, well, you know, well, some of these golfers, they're not athletes. Look at the shape some of them are in. And, you know, in fairness, that, that's true. That does not apply to Tiger Woods. That does not apply to Tiger Woods at all. And, and the work he's done to get back to what he was able to accomplish yesterday is truly remarkable. Just a, a, I call it a feel-good story. Because as a player, as a golfer, as an athlete, he was down and out. You know, years ago, it was a foregone conclusion. He was at 14, uh, you know, majors, and he was going to blow past Jack Nicklaus' number of 18. Well, Tiger got 15 yesterday. And quite frankly, I don't know if he's getting 16 or 17 or 18 or 19. I don't know. He's older and it's harder. But the comeback that he achieved, I I just think it's second to none. And then, you know, you know then, then, then there's the flip side. Uh, and I was getting it on uh, Facebook yesterday. Some people, I, I read some comments. Well, you know, I don't approve of what he did or, you know, screwing around or, you know, extramarital shenanigans. You know what? That's got nothing to do with Tiger Woods, the golfer. Nothing to do with Tiger Woods, the golfer. Because if we're going to go up a list and down a list about athletes and their indiscretions over the years and our heroes, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. All right? Let's just leave it at that. And then I'm hearing, you know, somebody said to me, well, Tiger's Tiger's problems were his his own doing. You know, his, his... his fall from golf, you know, from, from the mountaintop. Let me tell you something. Tiger's fall from the mountaintop was the result of one thing and one thing alone. Injury. Or I should say things alone or things grouped. Injuries. Multiple injuries. Multiple surgeries. That's what did in Tiger. You know, I've heard all the stories, you know, we've all read about him. It, it was a public embarrassment for him, you know, it, it, the problems, you know, screwing around and his wife finding out and with the car and chasing him with a golf club and then the embarrassment. Then he checked himself into what was supposed to be for his, his sex addiction. Yeah, we all get whenever you get caught, you know, let me check in for rehab. I mean, I'm not going to tell you Tiger was sincere about it. I'm not going to tell you Tiger was insincere about it. I don't know. Personally, 
I don't care. The fact that he came from where he was to where he is now, the top of the golf world, is just a remarkable, remarkable comeback story. His indiscretions in his personal life, that's his own business. Well, I shouldn't say it's his own business because when when you're a public person, everybody knows about it. Your life becomes an open book. And when you're the most famous golfer in the world, that book (laughs) becomes an encyclopedia for everybody to read. But it was Tiger's injuries that did him in. It was Tiger's injury. To me, Tiger's coming back is a comeback from devastating injuries that almost cost him his career. You know, it's 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 great seeing a guy hug his kids or hug his girlfriend or his mom. But you know what? You and me, we don't know. I, I don't know if Tiger's a good dad. I don't know if he's a good spouse. And quite frankly, that's his business. You've heard me say this time and time and time and time again. I judge an athlete by what he does in his sport. And too many times... Parents and people say, well, you know, he, he, he should be chastised because he, he's a hero to kids. Well, you, you know what? Who, who passed that rule? Who made that rule that if you're a great athlete, you're a hero to kids? Well, to me, yeah, you're, if you're a great athlete, you're a hero to kids because of your athletic abilities. Because you're a great athlete and superior or the best uh, at your sport doesn't mean you're the best person. Doesn't mean you're the best dad or the best husband. It means you're the best at what you do. Tiger was the best at golf. Tiger's career was totally derailed by injuries. And as the injuries kept going, his age kept going along with it. So it's a combination of everything. But what Tiger did... The comeback is just just a tremendous, tremendous story. And let me tell you this. If you want to know how big Tiger is and what he means to the game of golf, all you got to do is take a look at what went on over the weekend on television, on the coverage, front page, back page of newspapers, Leading news stories. Tiger Woods is everywhere. Tiger Woods is golf. There are tremendous players today. You know, Brooks Kepka, a few years ago, Jordan Spieth. uh, You know, love watching Ricky Fowler. He's charismatic. Uh, Certainly uh, Dustin Johnson, Wayne Gretzky's son-in-law. I mean, there's, there's tons of terrific golfers. Tons. Phil Mickelson, of course, you know, 
is up there now. But let me tell you, none of them, none of them mean to golf what Tiger Woods means to golf. Because Tiger Woods captures everybody's imagination. Tiger Woods captures everybody's interest. Everybody is talking about Tiger Woods. Y- you think, you think the people at CBS were a little thrilled this weekend? Which, by the way, I thought they did a great job. Uh, but you think that the TV people were thrilled this weekend? I mean, t- Tiger Woods. Uh, I think it was minus two after Thursday. Then he got into it, and, and you know, Friday and Saturday. Are you kidding me? You know what that did for them? How do you think it, it's the PJ Championships going to be played uh, in May uh, at Bethpage, out on Long Island? You think those people, you think the PGA and the people out on Long Island at Bethpage, you think they're all pumped up? They feel like they hit Mega Millions and Powerball and and, and, and pick six and pick five all wrapped up in one. That's Tiger Woods. That's what Tiger Woods means to golf. Just a tremendous, tremendous story. It, it's I, I don't know of a better comeback story. I, I really don't. I mean, because he ha- he's had so many physical ailments. And listen, folks, I'm not a professional athlete. But if you've ever had back issues... Like, it's debilitating. Let alone to come back from those debilitating injuries and surgeries to the level of play that he has given us this past weekend is truly, truly remarkable. So this business of, you know, redemption from his past, redemption my ass, it's a great, great comeback story. He didn't atone for anything yesterday. He he didn't atone for any of his wrongdoings or, or, or indiscretions of the past. He 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 won a Masters Championship, his fifth and fifteenth major. That's what he did. That doesn't atone for him for or, or redeem him from being a bad husband or whatever or is screwing around. To me, one's got nothing to do with the other. And and I'll tell you something else. For people who want to say, well, I, I, I think you're wrong, Ross, because it took away, probably took away his focus. You probably have never seen a more focused athlete than Tiger Woods. Really. And And here's one thing that I've learned about professional athletes. Their safest place their safe haven, if you will, from what might be going on in their life or lives is on their playing field. Really? On their playing field. You know, it's between the white lines. 
I remember years and years ago. Remember, um, oh, just drawing a blank on his name, but uh, uh, Wade Boggs. Remember what Wade Boggs got, and you know he was fooling around. It was Margot Gate fooling around with the woman, traveling with him on, on planes, and this and that. And when he became, it came to the Yankees. I asked him about that, and I asked him about it on camera. You know, what was it like? How were you able to, you know, perform when that was going on? And I remember him saying to me as clearly as, as clear as day. I remember him saying, that's that's your safe place. You know, whatever you're going through, when you're an athlete, it's it's where you're performing. And if it's a basketball player, it's the court. If it's a hockey player, it's the rink. Football, it's gridiron. Baseball, it's the diamond. Boxing, it's the squared circle. For Tiger Woods, it's the golf course. Tiger Woods was done in by his injuries. So to me, he came back yesterday from his injuries. You want to talk about atonement? You want to talk about redemption? That's on you. All I know is Tiger Woods came back from where he once was. He was at the top of the mountain, fell off the mountain, because of his injuries, and now stands atop the mountain once again. It's about golf, folks, and nothing else. Nothing else. So much congrats to Tiger Woods. Now, as I said, the other story that I wanted to talk about today, and you've heard me talk about this previously on prior uh, podcasts. We have a uh, New New York City schools chancellor here, Richard Carranza. I wasn't sure before, but now I'm sure. I'll call him a bum. I'll call him inept. I'll call him unfit for his job. And I'll call him a flat-out racist. Flat out. I mean, you know, there's one thing trying to make a point across. Even if it's an ill-conceived and ill-advised and it's a stupid point. But just because people don't agree with you, to label people racist is despicable. And that's why I, I, this guy's a bum. Now, this goes back. You've heard me talk about it on prior prior podcasts. You know, Carranza came in because he was, um, you know, hired by Dumbo de Blasio. He came in. And he wanted to do away with the uh, specialized high school admissions test. You know, for places like Brooklyn Tech and Stuyvesant, Bronx School of Science. Claiming it was racially biased. Okay? Claiming that it was racially biased. And you've heard me say this here before. I went to Brooklyn Tech. 
Now, I went a long time ago. But when I went to Brooklyn Tech, I went with white kids, black kids, brown kids, Asian kids. I went with all colors. And you know what was the one thing we all had in common? The one common bond we all had in common? I should say two two common bonds. The one common bond, the first common bond was that none of us came from families that had a pot to piss in. All hard working class families. I know most of the most most of the kids that I went to school with, just like my father. Most of the parents had two, and some of them three jobs. So that was the other thing we had in common. That was the one thing we had in common. The other thing that we had in common was that we all passed the test. It had nothing to do with money. It had nothing to do with who knew who who you knew. Uh-uh. It was a level playing field. We all had to pass the test. And that test has withstood time. And those schools remain outstanding schools. Really? Outstanding schools? And and maybe... All he's trying to do is cover his own ass for the ineptitude of what he's doing with kids from kindergarten through grade 12. Because he's doing a horseshit job of getting kids ready to take these kinds of tests. That's the failure that he's doing. The test imposes one thing. It's a single standard. Those who meet that standard get in. Now, over time, those who meet the standard sometimes have shifted. You know, at one point, some of those schools were, you know, more white than anything else. Now, something like 65% Asian. So wait a minute. Should we now... Change all the rules because we got too many Asian kids in there? It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Let me read you a a, a remark from Mona Davids. She's the president of the New York City Parents Union. She's also African-American. Because de Blasio, I quote, because de Blasio and Carranza have such racist low expectations for black and Hispanic students, they feel they have to lower the standards for our children. They are the racists. Goes on to say, Carranza is attempting to use the race card to cover up the failures of the New York City's school system. 
We have hundreds of thousands of high school students who are not reading, writing, and doing math at grade level. And that is criminal. Good for you, Ms. Davids. And here's another reason why Chancellor Carranza is losing bright African-American students. Because a lot of those good students, qualified students, their parents are putting them in charter schools. Because they don't want the lousy education that they're getting in the public schools. And this bum is calling people racist. And he made remarks. He's surprised. He thought New York City would be more liberal than it is. Oh, New York City is not a liberal city. Okay. Mr. Carranza, pull your head out of your ass. You'll be able to see things better. This is moronic. And and this has been going on for a while now, because... I discussed this a long time ago, and he's still beating this into the ground. Instead of worrying and breaking his ass to try and make the educational system better for these kids so they can get into these schools, no. He's doing nothing but saying it's a racist system. This guy is a disgrace. New York City deserves better than Richard Carranza as the school chancellor. Guy's disgraceful. Unfit for his job, unqualified. As I said, he's a bum. All right, a couple of other just odds and ends I want to go over. Um, there's something yesterday, well, not yesterday, uh, over the past weekend in the... Uh, Nets opener, their victorious opener in Philly against the 76ers. There was a shot of uh, Joel, Joel Embiid looking at the cell phone, glancing down at the cell phone of his teammate who was not playing Amir Johnson. I mean, you're on a bench in a playoff game and you're looking at a cell phone. Something is kind of like cockeyed. That picture doesn't wash with me, okay? And uh, subsequently, an issue was made about it. He he was fined by the 76ers. Coach and GM, Elton Brand, said it's not acceptable. Coach said it's not acceptable. Done. And uh, undisclosed fine. Amir Johnson apologized, said he takes responsibility. Uh, and Bede said, uh, well, he was looking down at, at, at the phone because Amir Johnson he was looking at his phone because his daughter was very sick. Look, I don't want anybody's child to be sick. OK, I don't want anybody's little girl to be sick. I don't know to the extent But you want to know what? And I, I, if this sounds heartless, I'm sorry. There's no, 
forget on a playing field or in a locker room or on a dugout or on a sideline. I'll tell you in places of business. There are far too many cell phones around. There's no place for that. And I would think if, God forbid, she was very, very ill, I would think that the 76ers might have said, well, let's let's maybe hold off on this fine or, you know, explain the situation. But it's done. It's over with. I'm sorry. I, I, I remember when... Carmelo Anthony was with the Knicks and he was injured or wasn't playing and he was on the bench in his suit. In fact, I remember it was a plaid, like windowpane suit. And there he was sitting on a bench during the game. You know, looked like he was texting, going through his phone. I don't care if you were playing or not. It's a place of business, and, and this you're part of the team. There's no place. F- 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 it should not be. It just shouldn't be. So that's one thing. You know, I'm sorry. Uh, like, again, I don't want anybody's little girl or, or little boy or anybody in a family to be sick. But w- w- what's the difference if you're on a bench with a cell phone? What are you going to do? Think, really, what are you going to do? So if if that was something to be said to make everybody feel bad, because, you know, I tweeted out right away. I said, what the F? I I said, just a sign of the times. I, I certainly didn't want his child to be sick, but there's no place for that. Doesn't make sense. Does not make sense. And the other item I wanted to touch on, just because I want to wish him well, and certainly right here last week you heard me drop the hammer on uh, former Met and current Met broadcaster Ron Darling. And when I dropped the hammer, I dropped the hammer because of his book, 108 Stitches, and um, you know what he said about Letty Dykstra, what he said about his former catcher, let him rest in peace, Gary Carter, what he said about the beloved broadcaster Bob Murphy. I, I thought Ron Darling was wrong. Uh, I said <laughs> uh, Darling was anything but a darling more like a rat for what he did in the book. But having said that, it was disclosed this past week that a mass was discovered in Darling's chest and he's taken a leave of absence Uh from the Mets, and if everything, we're told if everything goes okay and there's no complications, um, he should be back in a month. If that is indeed the case, that sounds to me like this is a very fixable situation. I hope and pray to God it is. Uh, One thing has nothing to do with the other, just like I said about Tiger Woods before. His personal stuff has nothing to do with his ability to golf. How I or you or anybody feels about Darling in his book has nothing to do with this. He's got an issue right now, a health issue, 
that certainly sounds like it serious enough. So we wish Ron Darling nothing but a good health and a speedy recovery. Uh, wish him back soon. And then I can call him a rat again. Because that's the way it is. But in the meantime, uh, hurry up, Ron, and get well. Because uh, that is the most important thing. And right now, that is a wrap here. So I want to thank all of you for getting a load of this and me. Now I'd like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on this podcast. You can let me know on Twitter at Russ Salzberg, on Facebook. You can always visit my website at russsalzberg.com. My thanks always to the big man with me across the way, Crash, a.k.a. Mike Caragliano. Chris Rutsky, head of the OG Podcast Network, my outstanding OG Podcast Network producer, Tim Einickel, Craig Schwab, 77 WABC program director, his outstanding assistant, Matt Dahl, and last but certainly not least, you guys and gals out there, because without you people, I'd have nobody here to be talking to. So until next time, it is I, Russ Salzberg, saying bye-bye, so long, and farewell to each and every one of you, a happy Passover, and a happy Easter. morning person or a bedtime procrastinator everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style and you'll find the best mattress for you at ashley the new temper adapt collection at ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body conforming technology making every sleep tailored to be your best the collection also features cool to the touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners pets or kids shop the all-new temper adapt collection at ashley in store or online at ashley.com ashley for the love of home You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.